all up in your head I got my wrist in your head At least I'm proud of what I said Every couple weeks It's like the song is on the beat I got my wrist in your head That you don't wanna mess with me Cause I am pink and skeletal And my blood is glittery Hey friends, welcome back to Grit and Glitter, the weekly podcast dedicated to the world of women's wrestling. I'm M. Fear, flying this intro solo without Harley because I'm going to throw right to our interview with Delmi Exo. Don Halliwell and I had a chance to talk to Delmi this past week. I think you're going to love this interview. We talk a ton about, we talk about her recent signing with MLW. We talk about a ton with Pro Wrestling Grind, her promotion with Brooke Bryson. Why am I wasting your time? Let's go to it right now. Hi, this is Don, and today we will be joined by Delmi XO. Delmi started wrestling in 2015, and she found most of her success as a part of the tag team Sea Stars with her sister Ashley Vox. They were one of the best female tag teams in the country and even captured the Shimmer tag team titles. After the pandemic, Delmi took some big rests. She started wrestling singles matches more and changed her gimmick from one of the boys to the God Queen. She also started a promotion with her partner, Rip Tyson, Pro Wrestling Grind, which has had some very unique and very successful shows. She joins a very small group of female promoters, and we are going to talk to her about being a female promoter and her recent signing to MLW. First off, congratulations on the big signing. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so how did you find out about it? Um, so I was already committed to that date for the tapings that we were gonna do in February. And then it had come across. They were like, We are interested in building like the women's division. We think that you'd be a good addition to start off with and uh bring in. And so we kind of just like kept negotiating before then, but I was signed the day of, by day of the tapings, like we had come to an agreement. It was cool being there and like feeling like, um, you know, actually part of the team. I remember the first time I went and like being kind of like nervous and feeling like an outsider, like, Oh, I hope I do good. You know, (laughs) like first day of school jitters. And like now coming in two years later and like, Hey, like, you know, like, one of the one of the crew <laughs> in this company now. <laughs> so was that your first time wrestling at ECW Arena? No, I'm actually fortunate enough that I've wrestled there a couple of times now. I don't know how many. Um, it's like a handful. It's not like okay. a crazy amount. Like, oh, I'm there all the time. But I have wrestled there like a handful of times now, so it's pretty cool. So Rip's jealous of that. Um. <laughs> no <laughs> he it is like a goal of his but it's not like oh like you don't deserve it almost it's like oh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> maybe i'll get there one day <laughs> i've been to a couple shows at east w arena so i have to ask um and i don't know if it's just particular shows i went to but like are the wrestling crowds always like that at the arena so 
I know what you mean. <laughs> and I, I and uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Cause on the way there, I was like warning Becca. I was like, okay, like, you know, like it can be rough sometimes because <laughs> we were going to wrestle each other. Um, and I was like, you know, like it is TV. So like, unfortunately, like if it was an indie show and like someone said something, I'd be like, shut up. But because it's TV, you know, you have to like play to the camera. Like the camera's not going to pick up what the crowd's saying in that way. But this time it was like so great. And they were so into the women's matches. Like Becca and um, Billy Starks were the first women's match to go on that night. And they were actually the first match to go on in general. And like hearing the crowd's reaction, like I was just like, let's go. Like it was just such a good crowd. Like they were all into it for the right reasons. I don't know what happened, but I was just so thankful. Like I was like, man, if they could be here every time I come to this like arena, like it'd be awesome. It was really nice. Like it was a nice change. I don't know what happened, but like, hell yeah. (laughs) Now. So, um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, your promotion pro wrestling grind. Yeah. Um, when did you decide to start the promotion and what was the process of getting it off the ground? Um, so me and Rip had always like bounced ideas. Um, we've traveled the road together a lot. Like we've gone to like Canada together. We've gone to Delaware. We've gone to Texas and like, we've had a lot of time being in a car where like you're bored. So you just like come up with stupid ideas and so one of those stupid ideas was running a wrestling promotion and just different things that we would do differently compared to what other promotions we saw do um a huge influence for grind is definitely like early roh um we took a lot from like the look of the company um and like all japan and noah pro wrestling noah uh influenced us a lot um i think when I toured in Japan with Marvelous, it opened my eyes on like what wrestling should be and how it should be treated and presented just because I had done like the indie circuit over here in America and it it felt comfortable for me. Like I was like, ah, oh, yeah. But, like going over to Japan, I was like, holy, <laughs> holy smokes. Is it like respected and like treated at such a level and like the expectation for like, the quality of the sport is just so high over there and so like coming back into America I was like I'm like I want to replicate this like I want to replicate this environment for people who also believe in like that style and like maybe don't get the opportunity to do it as often and so Grind was a show that we wanted to make that wasn't another super show it was for people who are like coming in and like they're hungry in the business or maybe they're like just not able to break past like this like wall of like not getting recognition in the industry and so that's what we built grind about is like this is like the workhorse show let's give people a platform who don't get a platform yeah I, I we even see that a lot around here like there's great wrestlers that haven't been given like that one opportunity you know, yeah. just for like that one big match. And um, like that seems like that's what Grind is trying to do. Give those people that work really hard that one big match. It's so cool to hear that because, you know, the region in which you guys are running, there are a fair number of independents that are running like in and around that region. And they all have kind of their identities or they have established brands, et cetera. Like, 
when you are starting up, because you guys started in 2021, like you came out of the gate with a kind of defined point of view. And that's really a powerful way to build an audience like right from the get-go. Yeah, I think um, we had a vision of like, not what we thought pro wrestling should be, but like what we wanted our pro wrestling stage to be like, we didn't want to do the same thing that every promotion was doing. Like a lot of promotions do this thing where like, they'll bring in like uh, a name, like a WWE name to do something. And like, that's fine. But I just didn't want to have a show where it just felt like I was booking like big names. And it was like, oh, I'm going to come to see this person. I wanted to introduce our audience to like, a style of wrestling that they probably have never seen before. And like, it's cool. We actually have our fans. Um, there's a group of them that made fanzines, their fan magazines that are going to be at this next show tomorrow. And they have like different articles that they wrote about different things that happened throughout the year. And it's just like, it's so crazy because they voted like Travis Huckabee, the number one villain over people like Ali Price. And it's like, that's cool to see because Travis doesn't always get to show that on shows and like Ryan Mooney is like a breakout star and it's like that's so like nice to see because we saw Mooney in a trios match at an uncharted territory and he was just filling in for someone that day but because he had sent us his resume we recognized his work and we were like hey like let's bring this guy in and see what he can do and so it's cool to see who you can make feel like a big deal when you book them that way like I can bring in, I'm just going to say Booker T. <laughs> I can bring in Booker T. He's going to feel like a book, a big deal on the show next to all the indie guys. Cause he's Booker T. But if I bring in Ryan Mooney and I give him a 15 minute match and you watch him go, he's going to be a big deal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Were there any, were there any guys, were there any wrestlers right away um, when you were at the very beginning of planning the promotion that you were like, we absolutely need to use them. We need to use that person. We, we like, we, we want to, we definitely want to make a point to feature these people. Um, there is a couple. Um, Gary J is one that comes to mind. I had shared locker rooms with him before. And so I knew he was like a really chill person and he was like kind of funny. And he just hit so hard. And I love that, like, he's, like, small in nature. But when he comes out, you know he's going to one of them. Like, he just goes all in. I've never seen him, like, take a day off in a ring. Like, I appreciate that so much of him. And then someone who was heavily recommended for us to bring in was um, Derek Neal. And then... I also like I never had met her but like Brooke Valentine when I first saw her like she posted like a Twitter highlights and I was like oh my god she is the female Samoa Joe and I'm so glad we are (laughs) able to bring her in she's honestly such a doll too to hang out with she's one of my favorite people to talk to so like it's exciting bringing her in also but I love like the fact that she hits so hard but she has this huge smile Yeah, she's just happy about it. (laughs) And it's funny because when she did come in for Grind, her debut, um, she was wrestling Willow. And I think she was, she was playing up more of like a heel character. But the crowd was just like, she's fucking cool. Like, (laughs) we're going to root for her. They rooted for both of them, which is fine. But like, I just think it's like, yeah, like, she's cool. She has like that, like, 
charisma and like that presence that just makes you root for her. Now, whenever you're bringing someone in, do you like take into consideration like their personality and like oh, Joe in your locker room stuff like that? Yeah, that is something that like, um, and I know another promotion which I don't know if I, ah, uh, yeah, they're very public about it too. Um, Blitzkrieg Pro is also very like we don't like that bully mentality. So like, if I feel like, and I've been in locker rooms as a rookie, so I get it. I know like exactly how people are towards, you know, when I was nothing. Um, so if I know for you to have like a certain like mentality where you're like, yeah, I'm not going to even try today. Like, it's just a small show or like the crowd's light. I'm not going to do anything. I don't really want you there because the person going on after you like this match means a lot to them and they're going to go out there and kill it or the person before you is going to kill it and then you're just going to go in and like phone it in I don't like people who phone it in um I mean there's a level to phoning it in like if you're at a kid's show like a kid's birthday party you can play up to the fact that you're wrestling for kids but like if you're on a pro wrestling show where you're getting paid for your rate you know you should work up to your rate at least in my opinion, Wait, um, I gotta, if you're someone who like looks down on people, I don't really I'm not going to bring you in. <laughs> Is there a custom like market for wrestling shows specifically for children's birthday parties? Yeah. Is that not like a <laughs> you're not familiar like, with I need this. I need this. <laughs> You've never heard of them? I mean, I've seen kids at wrestling shows like celebrating their birthday kind of sort of actually in one hilarious case absolutely but um uh one that very much was not the right setting for a kid's birthday party um, but I didn't I didn't know that there were shows that were specifically for kids birthday parties like read for a kid birthday party so maybe because like with the pandemic it's not too like um like promoted but I know Beyond had done one recently like maybe within like the last year where they like did it at the white Eagle and they set up the ring and like, it was a kid's birthday party. One of the fans brought in their son and like, they just had a bunch of little kids. And so the wrestlers who showed up were like just doing Gaga in the ring because it's like, well, the kids just want to be entertained and like, you don't have to go all in. You just have to like have a funny like match. And so like, in that instance, you're not getting paid a lot, but you're getting free pizza too from the party. <laughs> you know, have fun with it. Well, now I know what I'm doing for my kids' like eighth birthday. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> so, did you have um opening grind like planned like during the COVID um p- pandemic, or did that um delay the opening of the promotion at all? Um. So. With the pandemic, it was really weird because I think like a lot of us are so ignorant on how viruses work. And I say that like very like humbly, like a lot of people had opinions on Twitter. And so when we started planning Grind, like actually putting it to paper and like purchasing things, we weren't sure like how the pandemic was going to look because if you think about past pandemics like oh well those were years ago like the spanish influenza is one that i can think of like they didn't have science like we do now like everyone is so like 
look at the technology we have now, like we should be past it. And so I think the one thing that got us was like, people were so like trusting of the fact that we had vaccines and technology that we were like, yep, we'll get past it. But then we had the other side of the population who was like, well, we don't trust the technology and the vaccines. And that held off like the progress that should have been made. Versus I think back then, if you would have told people like, hey, we got it, here goes a cure, they would have been like, awesome, cool, let's take it because it's been five years. <laughs> so unfortunately, I don't know, I think it's human nature that like things can progress faster, but there's just always going to be a pushback because of the way people are opinionated. And like, there's nothing wrong with people having opinions, but because everyone's entitled to their own opinion, it does cause for variances on like how fast things should work. I know um, Rustable 2021 was supposed to be like a big deal and like you hadn't heard of COVID, like COVID wasn't a thing, but then out of nowhere, like the holidays kept up and like the numbers spiked. But by then, like they couldn't really like pull off rustable like they couldn't cancel because of how much money was already put into it and it was like okay well we can only have people test we can have people mask we can have temp checks at the door um and so like there's things like that our shows we ran two first shows that year and uh everyone was masked for like fans and that's like the safest thing you can do you can only really go about it in the safest way possible but it did, um, I do want to say it hindered us from like trying to like hit the ground running because we had the one show where like it sold out and then November we were like, we're just going to run one November show and we're going to like go away for the holidays because we knew like people are going to see their families, people are going to travel and like, it's just not worth the risk. So yeah, um, but there's no predicting that. You know, there's no predicting how that was going to go or how it was going to play out or if temperatures would, te- temperatures, but like if numbers would spike back up. You seem to put a lot of thought into that. I like think about a lot. <laughs> I have an inner monologue. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you're a wrestling promoter, you're a wrestler as well. And so like, you kind of see it from both angles of like somebody who is the talent and has to take care of the talent too. And everybody else backstage and everybody who's running the show and helping out with the show and even the audience themselves, like that as a promoter, you take a lot of responsibility into your hands um, just in general, but you add a pandemic on top of that. It's gotta be kind of a daunting thing to like keep running in the face of that or start running a a promotion in the face of that. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad that at least for now, like we are past what I believe is the worst of it. And like society can start healing a little bit from like what happened with that. Like I was on, um, three Irish, three Irish boys podcast on Monday. And we were talking about how, like, we're all just now getting used to wearing actual clothes again. (laughs) Because like it, it just allowed you to like not be bummy but like if you showed up if you got out of the house in sweatpants no one was going to question you and then it just encouraged you to like not try and I was like yeah like I just now started doing my hair again (laughs) 
It was weird to feel that shift, even at like wrestling shows of feeling just like, I think the first several I went to when they, they first started coming back, like slowly but surely started coming back, there was a tentativeness of everybody involved, not not in the talent's performance, but like everything else is like, because we're all masked, we're all kind of still trying to maintain our distance. There's this comfort level that wasn't quite there. And re- in recent shows this past, like maybe like six, eight months, I felt like it kind of shift back to like, okay, we're, we're in this like late era. We're finally ready to like, just try and be, be in it completely in, in it 100% again. And I wonder, do your shows now feel, you know, the last like six, eight months of shows feel different than those shows that you were running at the beginning? Um, I think that they feel better, but probably not because of that. I think they feel better because like we have like a system of how everything gets set up. We have a system of like greeting people. We have a system of like just everything feels like step one, two, three, four, five. Like it feels very easy on show days now versus like show days before. Not that anything would go bad, but like it was just like in your head you're just like thinking like over and over again it's almost like the six flag song like now on show days I feel like I can be like calm in that nature uh in terms of like seeing people I feel like maybe not because of the pandemic but because of speaking out like the rosters that I was around was so much nicer and so much friendlier like I remember Rip said he was like at the Limitless show he got to debut before the pandemic so it was like literally like 2020 he wrestled for Limitless and then there was that break period and then when we came back and we did tapings the locker room that was in there for the tapings he was just like oh my god there's no assholes in here <laughs> like you were just like whoa <laughs> because it was tough and I think it was tough because of the people that we had in the locker rooms now it feels like at least like in New England I can say like everyone kind of feels like family like I see like some people I'm just like what's up like it's just actually genuinely excited to see people at wrestling shows versus before it'd be like hello sir hey hello (laughs) and like you had like your small like group that you could be cool with but you couldn't like be like loud like you'd be like hey what's up now if you go to like wrestling open like everyone's like a family there and then if you go to grind the next day because it's always a loop everyone's like yeah what's up and then there's blitzkrieg or limitless the next day and then now there's beyond tomorrow on sunday so it's just like everyone's constantly seeing the same people like at least the northeast guys like everyone's just so friendly now it just feels like ah like that like weight is off our shoulders (laughs) are you getting a lot of audience carryover like when you have these like crazy four-day weekends of like show after show after show do you feel like you're seeing a lot of the same people in the audience too a little bit I notice it um a lot more with like streams um so like I notice like which fans um watch the live streams or which fans are like watching from like beyond and then carrying over and like they find out from about about grind from them or like watching blitz and then finding out about grind from them and it's pretty cool like that way do you think like um 
like more recently they've gotten rid of like bully culture and pro wrestling and like the um and things like that where it's it seems like the next generation's the coaches now and they don't tolerate that anymore which seems to be really really good and really progressive i think the new generation is just like they didn't grow up experiencing it because at that point like at least in my generation my generation wasn't bullying we were the one like the last people to like get bullied or hazed or just like talked down to and so because we experienced that um, and even Rip says the same thing about like his class at his school, um, because they experienced that when it was like their turn to kind of take over, they didn't do it in that way. They were like tougher on people like, no, you have to like learn this. But it wasn't like, oh, you don't want this enough. Like there was just like a weird, shitty way of how you spoke to people. <laughs> and was like, um and so, like, now the new generation, because they didn't, like, experience, like, it just keeps getting less and less and less because you didn't experience something you don't know how to, like, give that energy back. It's like a butterfly effect almost. So, like, yeah, the less like, it happens, the less it gets carried on to the next generation. It's just, like, less and less and less and less. We're all still sarcastic to each other. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong. We all, like, still joke on each other. Um, but it's not it's all in good fun. It's not like serious and like I'm hiding your title belt, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. Pooping in your bag or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> now I think like, yeah, cause like you're like a past generation or whatever. It was like, Oh, I got treated that way. Like, or even like you look at like movies from the seventies, I got hazed as a freshman. So I'm going to, you know, do that when I'm a senior or whatever. But yeah. I think that's like kind of progresses that way. So I think, you know, like yeah, your generation um kind of said, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that anymore. Yeah, and I don't think it was like in any way like a collective thought. I think it was just like I don't want to say laziness but it's just like I didn't have the energy to act that way <laughs> like I genuinely like there's moments where like I see something and I can hear in my head what I was told in that moment and I just like filter it I'm like like I can hear like um like if I see someone running the ropes and it's like awkward I can hear what I was told and it's like why do you wave your arms like that or like oh, so do you just always wave your arms stupid like that? Like, I would have been told something like that, which would have made me want to, like, go roll in a ball and, like, cry. But instead, I, like, will say something that's more, like, progressive to, like, their actual movement and be like, huh, try doing this with your arms. Like, try doing an athletic stance. Like, given a, like, actual, like, progressive critique versus just, like, shitting on them and then they're just gonna feel awkward and like not know what to do um I think what helped me with that was like Perry Von Vicious he is like who I consider like one of my like coaches in wrestling uh because he really took his time with teaching me that way um every time I did something that was like awful or ugly <laughs> in the ring he would always be like okay like and he would always find like the right way to say it where I understood what he meant without feeling bad about myself and not wanting to do like try at all. Like 
it was just like uh him who really like helped break that mold and I now like anytime I have to give someone critique it's like I hear how he says it and I'm like okay I'm gonna say it like that (laughs) (laughs) it's good it's like he's modeling how to do that and then you're modeling it for other people so someone at some point is going to be like I'm taking my cues from Dalmi like this is how Dalmi thinks of it and that's why I'm trying to be like be like her so it's good it it definitely is a butterfly effect of like people it's a chain reaction people are going that and like play it forward I'm curious because we've talked to people who run promotions we've talked to wrestlers we don't we haven't talked to that many wrestlers who own promotions especially wrestlers who wrestle in their own promotions so I'm wondering like on show days um what do you have to do to shift from I'm running this to I'm in this match and I have to be a performer um I think what helps is I wasn't taking as many bookings uh last year like I was wrestling maybe two to four times a month um and so since I know what my match is uh ahead of time which most people usually do like they know their bookings but I know like three months in advance because I booked it (laughs) so like a month out like I finally started like thinking of like things and like collecting that in my head I'm like okay maybe this this maybe this this and I'll like store it in my head that way on show day (laughs) after I've set up the ring after I've set up chairs after I've uh set up the tables and entrance is set up the locker room set up (laughs) I can start calling my match when whoever I'm facing gets there and if someone needs something because they always do (laughs) if someone asks me a question I can patiently turn away from that and be like yep do it and then you <laughs> the one hardest part is probably getting into my gear because I do my makeup while I'm doing other stuff like I'll do like my eyebrows and then I'll like do something else and then if I can get into lashes on grind day <laughs> it's a struggle um I'm jealous of Rip because he always I'm jealous of him, but I'm also not because he always puts himself as opener because he wants to watch the rest of the show. I had to open once and that day everyone had a question and it was the last second that I was opening just because car rides, they were like, okay, down the just open because it'll be like, it'll come off good. And I was just like, I knew it too because I was like looking at the card and I was like, oh no. <laughs> It's uh it's uh it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty rough. But I've gotten better at it. So and yeah. I've learned to trust um giving jobs and tasks to other people now. Uh that's all that it takes is having the right team that you trust. So uh shout out to Tony D and his friend John who always show up. Tony D does our like sick video edits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you might know him awesome. from a Tony D joint. <laughs> yeah. And his friend John, he always travels with him. So we have him uh do the tickets for us when I like am gone after that first wave when we open the doors I'll stay down there and then I'll be able to escape after like the big crowds left do you do certain things like during show day and does um like rip do certain things do you um separate like the work or um do you just kind of like do whatever needs to be done (laughs) um no we do have our own tasks so I probably do the most amount of work before the shows so I do most of the promoting for the grind um 
And then on show day, I feel like he does the most amount of like manual labor. Um, so we load in everything ring wise and entrance wise together. And he kind of does the entrance setup. He actually uh, was going to go in for audio engineering. So he knows a lot about like, he doesn't look it. <laughs> he knows a lot about like lighting and like audio and like tech. Um, and even like, he's the one who edits the grind shows after. So that's all him. Um, and so he'll set up that if there needs to be like airport runs, he usually goes and does that as well. I kind of do like the locker room setup. I write the cards out. I go over commentary. Um, I set up the ring, set up chairs, set up um, like all like the reserve seating stuff. I talk with the venue owner, uh, make sure everything's good for that. And I just go over everyone and like give out pay envelopes before the show because don't bother me after <laughs> I need to put the ring away. <laughs> oh, everyone loves you that you're giving the money before the show. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, it's one less thing to have to do after. And also once I give you your money, that's yours. Don't lose it. <laughs> I do not want to walk around with a lot of money. I am small person. I could get me. <laughs> so what do you, see as the future of grind and especially like we're uh, we focus on women's wrestling on this podcast what do you mm -hmm. see as the um the future for women in grind so uh for grind i do want to start getting more opportunities for our talent outside of the united states um i don't want to like go into too much detail just because it's still in the works, but I do want us to be able to have like a bridge to be able to go to Japan because we are so heavily influenced in that style. Um, so like having some of our guys be able to tour over there, having them send over talent over here and working with Grind. Um, within five years, we do want to open our own wrestling training facility and start having people be able to come in and do like tapings if they're interested in working for grind um just practicing if they're interested in working for grind and just like bringing up the new generation around this area there's not really a good wrestling school that like teaches people correctly and like teaches people in like a good way where you're like spending your money like you're not getting your money's worth so i want to have something where it's like oh like i'm training under like rip bison perry von vicious and delmi exo like like a good quality of people who aren't going to take advantage of you. Um, and then as far as like the women coming into grind, I have up till like April. And then I do have like a storyline booked in. Um, it's nice having all our dates this year because last year we came across the issue where we would reach out to women talent. And they were already booked. <laughs> so we would reach out like a month out, like, hey, are you available? And it's like, no, I'm already booked. And because I mean, people say like, oh, like there's not enough um women being used, but they're all being used somewhere else. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there's just not enough um like local women to be able to like circle through. I mean, I'm bringing in Brooke and she's not really local. She has to drive like I think six or seven hours to get to our show so it is kind of rough with like doing that um 
now that we have our schedule out for the year, like we can actually bring back in people because we can give them a date ahead of time. And like, hopefully they don't get called up for like a TV opportunity. Cause I would tell them to take the TV opportunity over my show. <laughs> Cause I get it. But um, yeah, I'm just excited to filter them in. Maybe do a little more intergender with um, I the women because I do want to <laughs> see like a few crossover matches that I have planned, especially with like Trisha Dora because her picking up Manders from that Delam German was hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, I noticed on the cards there wasn't, there isn't, hasn't been a whole lot of intergender work, but there has been some. And you're working obviously yourself included, like with talent that's all just perfectly fine doing that work with in the shows so that would be really cool to see more of it and be able to grow storylines that way as well yeah I think for the first year I wanted to stay away from it because I didn't want it to come across as like a crutch Mm -hmm. um since we had such a new audience I wanted to prove a point that like no women can wrestle other women and it can be good like it can Mm -hmm. be just as good as the male matches um and just set that standard and now like the audience who is there like if there's not a women's match on the show, they're always like, oh, like when are the women wrestling? Because sometimes I pulled myself off if we had like a car load situation coming in and like I had to give an opportunity to someone else or we just hadn't used someone in a while. Like I would switch off and just be like, okay, yep, I'll pull off and it's fine. I didn't have an opponent yet anyways. So I do want to make it a point where like there is women being used on every show just because I do feel like I kind of put that on the back burner, not thinking of it as like women getting pulled off, but thinking of it as like, oh, it's for the better of like the talent. And so like, I gotta just make sure that's like a priority this year of having that put in. Um, And then I do like that, like they have accepted like, wow, women's wrestling goes hard because of the matches that they've seen. And like, Trisha Dora is being listed. Trish and Willow are like in the top three of like, please come back from our fan magazine. And like, that's pretty cool because we've had way more men shown than uh, women, like way more different men come in once and like them being top two out of there is like, yeah, women can go. And like, we don't need to be carried by a guy in a match to do it. We can do it on our own. And I think your match with Emmy proved that. That was that was a great match. Thank you. Uh, it was such a dream. <laughs> Doesn't feel real still. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, I I adore both of you. So I, I just gotta know, like, how did how did that come about, and just how was it? Um. So we had been wanting to use Joshi for a while. We weren't sure how to go about it, but um, after working with the Saido brothers from All Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I guess that helped build like a reputation for us with how we treated talent uh, internationally. And so Sumi Sakai actually reached out to us to get some of the talent that she knew booked. Uh, She was just trying to help them with like, you know, getting some calendar dates. And one of the dates that I saw that she had listed Emmy was available was literally New Year's (laughs) Eve. And I was like, if there's ever a reason to bring her in, (laughs) this is it. And so we did, and um, it got like a lot of hype online for Grind. It brought a lot of recognition for us. Um, 
I was really nervous for the match where at a point I almost wanted to like, I'm always third on the card <laughs> just because it's like a perfect spot to be. <laughs> I don't like opening. <laughs> it's too much adrenaline <laughs> and I don't like being close to the end because I'm tired at that point <laughs> so third is perfect if you're ever wrestling <laughs> make sure you're third <laughs> um but there was a point like once the show started I was like maybe I should go forward <laughs> so <good. laughs> I was like one of the first times that I had to like go like first times in a while that I had to go to someone and be like can I call my match to you? Because I just, I like couldn't like remember it. Like I was just like, not starstruck, but I was just like, uh, like outer body experience. <laughs> that rolls though. I mean, cause you've been working for a while. There's, you know, it, at some point this is a job, like you do it and you know, you, you work with lots of talented people and you recognize their talents, but also they're doing a job too. But like, it's got to feel a little refreshing to get those jolts of like, I'm working with so-and-so. That's really exciting. Yeah. Like I, most of my matches, I'm like never nervous. I'm always excited. I was like, yeah, this is going to be fun. That was the first time that I was like hiding it. Like I was faking <laughs> it to people because everyone was like, oh, are you excited? I was just like, <laughs> I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was a great match. So no I'm so glad. Um, it just goes to show if you are, if you train hard enough, even if you're not mentally there, your body will take care of you. <laughs> and I'm sure being in the ring with Emmy, you know, didn't hurt at all either. <laughs> um, adrenaline is a crazy drug, you know, <laughs> because there's a lot of things that do hurt in wrestling but for some reason like in our sport it only like fuels you more like taking a form or taking a chop like if I were to be cold right now and like Rip were to come over and like give me one of his chops I would be like that sucks but if we were in a match together and he gave me a chop I would fire up just because like of the environment that I'm in in the ring and like the headspace that I get into in the ring, like it just like I don't know, it pumps you up. Uh, it's a performance, so like the harder you get hit, the harder you register. In my opinion, it's all safe, but <laughs> I don't know. Like I've learned to enjoy the pain in that way. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Domi. Yeah, tell me, how can people find out more about Pro Wrestling Grind? How can they find about you? Where can they see you on MLW? Uh, share your information so people can find you. Yeah, so my Twitter and Instagram are the same. It's at DelmiXO, that's E-X-O. Uh, and then Grind Puro, if you want to check us out, it's Grind Puro, that's P-U-R-O. Um, and we do have Overkill 2023 tomorrow. I know this isn't like <laughs> going, but... Um, I guess what It'll I can say is we do have all our dates set out for the rest of the whenever year. Whenever this <laughs> Yeah. We do have all our dates set out for the rest of the year. We're based out of East Hampton, Massachusetts. And we usually are going to be at the Pulaski Club for the entire year. So world famous Pulaski Club. 
Fantastic. And if you're streaming from home, they can watch it on IWTV. Yes. Uh, IWTV is where we are partnering off with our streams. Um, we do plan on doing some more live streams this year um, versus like the post-show on-demand replays. That's our show. Remember, you can always find us on Twitter and Instagram, Good Clutter Pod. You can find us on Patreon. Hey, if you really like us, find us on Patreon. Subscribe. $1 gets you a weekly newsletter penned by myself, Harley, or one of the members of the Glitterati, plus some show recommendations. It's a great, easy, quick read. Great way to start off your week. But if you subscribe at the $5 monthly level... Every month, you'll get bonus podcasts. You get access to our back archives. Harley's been doing a great job uploading our old Great and Glitter episodes from back when we started on the PW Torch. So technically, those episodes are out there already. But if you want to find them in a more accessible format without ads, get to us on Patreon. Subscribe for a month. Get what you can. Listen to all of WWE, Women's Wrestling Entertainment, where we trace the history of women in the WWE. And then, you know, cancel if you need to. No big deal. But remember, when you give us money, we take that money to give to wrestling promotions that you enjoy. Oh, like Enjoy Wrestling with Rights of Spring, their latest show coming up this Saturday, March 4th. We give them money for sponsorships. We give other wrestlers and wrestling promotions money because you give us some money. So it's a win, 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 win. You give us money. We give it to the people. They make wrestling you like. It's a circle of life and it's beautiful and you should contribute and you get some cool bonus content in the process. Also, take a minute. If you haven't, please do us a big, big favor. Like, rate, review, subscribe to Grit and Glitter on the podcast app of your choice. This helps us get in front of more people who might enjoy this show, share it out, tell people what you like about us, or no, don't, don't tell people what you don't like about us. We don't need that kind of negativity in the world, but you know, tell people what you like about us or that you like us in general, and maybe more people will listen to us, and it'd be great. We'd love to grow our little grit and glitter family. We will see you next week. <laughs>